0: consider owning a cruise planners american express travel franchise a low-cost turnkey opportunity cruise planners provides everything you need to grow your business right from the start no experience is necessary visit cruiseplannersfranchise.com
1: Okay, stand by. Broadcasting from the Cruise Radio studios in Jacksonville, Florida. This is Cruise Radio. Hey, I'm
2: Matt Bassford. And I'm Doug Parker. Check out our cruise updates at cruiseradio.net. What a great time at Cruise Shipping Miami we had last week. Yeah, it was very good. Exhausting, but good. A lot of fun and so many interviews. In fact, too many interviews
0: we're actually going to run some uh, that we couldn't get to last
2: week and for the rest of the year as well
0: <laughs> right. in, in case of emergency break glass from cruise shipping miami adam Coulter, he's the uk editor of cruise critic we'll talk to him about titanic 2 get his take on it
2: yeah cuz it's a lot different than dan askins cuz dan bit, yeah. yeah dan was like against to this guy's all for it also joining us it's everybody's favorite maritime lawyer jim walker from cruiselawnews.com he'll weigh in on the proposed Cruise passenger bill of rights. But first, Stuart Shearer, on the
0: cruise guy, is here. Hello, Stuart. Hey, Matt. Hey, Doug. Hey, man. Out of the Carnival camp, Carnival Sunshine refurbishment delayed, and it's going to be a couple of months until we see Carnival Triumph. Yes.
3: Yeah, it's, uh, that's that's the news uh, today. Uh, they are uh, delaying the return of uh, Carnival Triumph until uh, June and uh, June third, and then uh, which is an additional. 10 sailings so that's a total of i guess what 24 sailings and uh, carnival sunshine or carnival destiny which is going into the telephone booth and will reemerge yes. as carnival sunshine is now delayed a month until may 5th and the reason for the delays is so that carnival can make immediate um, modifications to the ship to uh, prevent uh, future problems from from occurring so they've Already assessed what what happened with Carnival Triumph, and since uh, Carnival Sunshine was already going to be in the garage,
4: mm-hmm.
3: that uh, they might as well make those uh, adjustments uh, to the redundancy systems right then and there. So this way, when the ship comes out of dry dock and reemerges as Carnival Sunshine, she has all of the modifications and safety systems that uh, were being implemented on Carnival Triumph.
2: Very well. A dock shortage causes Princess to cancel a Bermuda sailing. Now, is that just that there was no space at the dock, or was the dock under construction?
3: Well, the the pier in, uh, in Bermuda was, is, is under construction. So their April 29th sailing on Emerald Princess was actually, they had to cancel it because it's too big a ship really for uh, tendering. They, they really don't like tendering with a ship of that size. Uh, It is a 113,000-ton ship, and it's, you know, it's a tight enough squeeze as it is. So uh, instead of doing uh, what uh, Oceana and uh, MSC are doing, which is tendering, they just wound up canceling the, the stop there in Bermuda altogether.
0: Eight Royal Caribbean ships in Europe in 2014. Are there enough passengers to go around?
3: There absolutely are, and it's interesting how Royal Caribbean continues to tweak their European deployments because uh back in uh two thousand twelve there were eleven ships. Uh two thousand thirteen there were nine and so twenty twelve we're going to see eight ships uh out there plying the uh European waters. And uh, that seems to be a good number. And you know, well where are these other ships going? Well they're being redeployed to different areas of the world, including Australia and Asia. As the European economies continue to be, you know, show instability. It's it's certainly uh, a smart move for Royal Caribbean to uh limit their uh their their vulnerabilities to uh soft uh bookings and or world events in the region.
2: How many ships do they have now? What do you mean? How many ships does Royal Caribbean have?
3: Oh, right now Royal Caribbean has 12 ships and then in 2000 um, ugh, 12 ships. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, right now, Royal Caribbean has 22 ships, and, uh, of course, next year in 2014, they will be debuting Quantum of the Seas, so that will make it uh, 23 ships.
2: Catching up with Carnival.
3: Catch, yeah, they'll, they'll essentially be caught up to Carnival. They'll both have 23 ships next year.
2: I found this story interesting. Um, cruise calls to Grand Turk have been temporarily suspended. What happened?
3: Well, it, it, it turns out that uh, there's been uh, some calls, some... Uh, so norovirus issues. So a lot of passengers were uh, coming back on the ships, uh, and within a, you know several hours, they were essentially having norovirus-like symptoms. So uh, rather than while uh, uh, Grand Turk uh, uh, tries to discover the source of the problem, uh, Carnival has uh, opted to uh, waive uh, you know uh, current calls for an indefinite period until they can uh, resolve the situation. The last thing we need is more norovirus uh, being you know, onboard cruise ships.
2: Is that going to be an extra sea day for people or are they going to put it somewhere else?
3: Well, right now it, it, they are going to be extra sea days, but, uh, I mean, they, they could surprise you with uh, a port of call somewhere else. But it, I think it's going to be very, very temporary.
2: Cunard line loosens their dress code. They've always been known to be um, a, a very formal type line. What do you think
3: about this? Well, look, they, they, cert- they certainly do provide an experience where people do like to dress up, as they say, uh, to the nines. But, you know, how many nights do you need to wear formal outfits so in keeping in uh, concert with uh, current trends they are uh, allowing uh, people to wear you know let's say sports jackets without ties on, on certain nights because that's what uh, many of other passengers are, are requesting so uh, the only move to make the, the experience more enjoyable by more people it's always a plus.
0: Norwegian Breakaway at their conveyance last week how did that go and what's next for her?
3: Well, the the conveyance is actually one of the neatest uh, experiences. So, uh, you know, I I did it on uh, Celebrity Eclipse uh, a few years ago, and uh, it it is quite thrilling being on such a large ship and being maybe there's maybe 80 people on board the ship, and the ship is in a very uh, incomplete state. So, you know, the the ship, uh, you know, began its conveyance, so it left the shipyard. It was going backwards up the river, um, and it it takes about 24 hours. To go about uh, 25 miles. I mean, uh, you know, the ship at 1,063 feet long and 130 feet wide. Uh, in some places, uh, they only had inches on either side of the ship, and uh, below the ship at the keel, it was uh, very narrow. And I know it actually they, they actually had a delay because the, uh, the the water level in the river was not high enough to uh, to allow the conveyance. So it's a it's a very exciting uh, experience with the Germans lining the. The river M's up and down, but uh, it, it takes, uh, you know, by morning, you know, the next morning they were there, uh, and the ship was going to uh, Bremerhaven in uh, the northern part of Germany. Uh, there she'll be, uh, you know, completed, do her sea trials, and then uh, begin her, uh, her way over to the U.S.
2: We have a listener question from Facebook. It says, hey, guys, is there any word on what's going on with the new cruise terminal in Charleston, South Carolina?
3: Well, they, they continue to have their, their discussions over whether or not uh, they, they want to build it. There's certainly a, a very vocal uh, opposition to it. It's a lot of money, and you know when you don't know how long, I mean, you know, you know ports like Charleston, Jacksonville, uh, I mean, these, these are ports that are not uh, considered, uh, you know, first-tier. They are, uh, you know, they're, they're unstable as far as, you know, how long will it last. We know what happened with Mobile, Philadelphia, Norfolk, Virginia, San Diego. These are all you know, communities that spent money building piers, and essentially right now they are empty or being very underutilized. And the cruise lines will sign contracts with these types of ports for only a couple of years, and when that contract is up, they're, they're up and they're done. So it's, it is quite an investment, and you know, Carnival is the only cruise line that is sailing regularly out of Charleston. So you know, is it really worth the investment to put that kind of money into a permanent terminal? If your future, your long term future is is in question. So, uh, you know, at this point, they, they, they have not come to a decision, as far as we know. And uh, it'll be interesting to see what, happen, what transpires in the next few months. All
0: right. Thank you, Stuart. All right.
3: Cruise Radio News, now trending at cruiseradio.net.
0: Everybody has a story, and cruise planners, American Express Travel, loves to hear them. Beth Edwards was a busy mom who found a way to combine her love of travel with more
4: family time. I was really looking for a business that would allow me to continue traveling because I love to travel and then also allow me some time to stay home with my children, with my family a little bit more. And my husband and I did some research and chose cruise planners because we just couldn't stop hearing enough good things about it and really trusted the American Express brand and Um, really having a great time so far looking forward to learning and seeing more
0: so what's your story discover the fun flexible home-based franchise that's been voted number one in travel by entrepreneur magazine for 10 years in a row visit cruiseplannersfranchise.com or call 888-582-2150 tripinsurance.com
1: Stream us worldwide on our free iPhone app. Just search Cruise Radio Live in your app store.
0: Have to have with us Adam Coulter, who is the UK editor of Cruise Critic. Welcome to Cruise Radio. Hey, good to be here. Now, we talked to your colleague, Dan Askin, uh, a week or so ago, uh, regarding Titanic 2 and Clive Palmer's endeavor. Mm. Billionaire Clive Palmer. Yeah, Who uh, You know, you, you um... We were talking about, he's a, you know, as most billionaires with way too much money can be, perhaps uh, eccentric a little bit, or?
5: Well, I I mean, I would use the expression, he's larger than life. Um, He came across, I went to this press conference in London, uh, where he was talking all about his dream, his vision. Um, And he just came across as a guy with, he's made a lot of money. Um, he's got quite a lot of time on his hands now because yeah. these businesses tend to run themselves. And uh, he got talking to his wife and he was trying to think of some new project to get involved in. And, you know, why not when you've got a couple of billion spare? Right. Let's build Titanic again, right?
0: Well, it is, it's, the big question is, first of all, is it a hoax? That's a lot yeah. of talk. And there's some red flags that are going up, I guess, with the logistics of putting something like this together. Um, do you, in your uh, opinion, think this is actually going to happen? And if it does, will it last?
5: Well, those are both really good questions and really good points because I think a lot of people do understandably think this is a hoax, but my question would be, but to what end? You know, what's he trying to get out of it? Is it publicity for another one of his companies? Now after having spoken to him and seen him at this event, I think that he's going to do it. And I'll tell you, I'll tell you simply why he's going to do it, because he can. Now. It's not at the stage yet where anything has been signed, so nothing's actually started to be built. But there's a memorandum of understanding. He works already closely with the Chinese shipyard to build his other ships, which are regular container ships. So I would say that on the balance of probabilities, it will be built. Now, your other part of your question... Will it last? Well, I, I'm more doubtful on that. I mean, how many times have people want to take this transatlantic cruise, dress up like they're in <laughs> the movie Titanic right. uh, and, um, you know, walk around on deck and, and be kings of the world? I don't know if, if the ship will actually last. I mean, the other thing actually that is interesting is that when it's in port, he said that people will be able to come on. So it'll become like a visitor attraction. And and I would say, ultimately, that's probably what it's destined to be. I cannot see that it would be financially viable to continue running it across the Atlantic. I think that it'll probably wind up either in New York or Southampton or maybe even in, back in China where it's being built so people can come visit it. And I don't know if you knew also that he's going to be fixing a TV camera just below the bow of the ship so you can stand on there with your loved one pretend to be Jack and Rose and have your picture taken for posterity
0: right just like they did on the original Titanic that's right exactly oh wait no that was the movie
5: that was the movie Well, I mean that's the other thing I think bless him uh, he apparently he said that the way it came about he was talking to his to his to his Chinese colleagues and uh, when they were decided to build these big new container ships, and he said, "Well, look, how do you get into the, to the cruise market in China? How do I make a real splash and they And they said, "Well, why don't you build Titanic 2? So he said, "Well, that's a great idea." went back, spoke to his wife, she said, "Why not?" Then he watched the movie yeah. now what's now now and, and he fell in love with it, and it's the first to admit it now what, what is also interesting is that at the press conference he seemed to be mixing up the movie yeah. with the real thing. <laughs> so it was all about Jack and Rose, it was all about having doing Irish jigs in third class, which is which right. by the way is the class he says he's going to travel in because he says it's more fun. Right. Uh, and all this sort of stuff. So oh, so boy. it's a, it was a lot of fun. It was a lot of fun.
0: To me it just screams theme cruise and nothing more than that, you know. I mean
5: I think you I think you could be right. I think I think you could put it down as the ultimate theme cruise, but as with all these theme cruises once you've done yeah. it once, well, maybe twice you I mean are there
0: enough Titanic fans to keep this thing going?
5: Well, I mean the other statistic which which we can't verify and I think Dan said this as well when you interviewed him is that he is that apparently 40,000 people have registered an in interest and this is the re- really interesting one 16 people have apparently said they will pay 1 million dollars for that maiden cruise. But he's, But if you go on the website, you can't find a booking page. There's no way of verifying if 40,000 people have rung, and, and let alone whether 16 have, have said they're going to book a cabin for a million bucks. So, you know, who knows? It could all be pie in the sky, but, but I tell you what, it makes a, a very interesting story, the whole thing.
0: Well, thanks for your take on it. And uh, nice to see you and meet you here at Cruise Shipping Miami 2013. Adam Coulter, UK editor, cruise critic. Thanks, man.
5: Thank you very much indeed. Great to meet you, Matt. Take right. care. Cheers, mate. Right. <laughs>
0: This
1: is Cruise Radio.
0: New York Senator Charles Schumer is calling on the cruise ship industry to adopt a Bill of Rights to guarantee passengers certain protections while aboard their ships. Here to talk about the Passenger's Bill of Rights is Maritime Attorney Jim Walker. Welcome back, Jim.
4: Uh, thanks, Matt. Thanks, Doug, for having me.
0: Nice to talk to you, barrister. Great to be back. Little known fact about Jim Walker before he was a barrister, he was a barista. <laughs> First off, Jim, do other transportation sectors like the airlines have a bill of rights for passengers?
4: Yes, they do, Matt. Uh, there's an airline passenger bill of rights, uh, which uh, the same senator, Senator Schumer of New York, uh, was instrumental in having passed. And, and that arose when you had a lot of passengers you know, stuck in the tarmac and they weren't flying and they were hot and bothered and so forth. And so this bill of rights uh, provides for some remedies uh, when you, when you kind of stick people on airplanes too long.
2: What do these cruise bill of rights look like, and uh, are they legit?
4: Well, you know, if there's a bill of rights passed, it's essentially a piece of paper. It's, uh, you know, what Schumer is asking, he's asking the cruise lines to agree to something, essentially just to promise to do certain things, uh, to refund money if uh, if a cruise is canceled due to mechanical failures, to have a backup generator and so forth. Uh, And in most of the recommendations, the cruise lines have actually already already essentially agreed to that, or there are IMO regulations which uh, require it. They're legitimate and and can be legally enforced only if they are actually codified into law, that is, that they are made part of our federal legislation.
0: They sound very reasonable. There's six of them. I'll just read them right here. Number one, the right to disembark a docked ship if basic provisions cannot adequately be provided on board. Number two, the right to a full refund for a trip that is abruptly canceled due to a mechanical failure. Uh, Number three, the right to full-time onboard professional medical attention in the event of a major health crisis. Number four, the right to real-time information updates as to any adjustments in the travel plan of the ship in the event of a mechanical failure or emergency. Number five, the right to a ship crew that is properly trained in emergency and evacuation procedures. And number six, the right to backup power in case of a generator failure. They all sound reasonable.
4: Well, they're they're reasonable, but, you know, putting these into effect is going to be difficult. One, I I think the cruise lines responsibly will be, uh, look, we're already, um, you know, we're already have adequate oversight. We're... Required to comply with the international maritime organizations, and we have to comply with the flag state, and we have to comply with the coast guard. So why do we need all these other requirements? I think right. that's what you're going to hear. Now, some of the things sound reasonable, but let's just take uh, the first one you read: the right to disembark a docked ship. <laughs> right. Well, okay. I mean, you, you know, so it's five miles out, it's ten miles out, or like the Triumph, it's 150 miles out in the Gulf of Mexico. Uh, the but great, they're saying docked ship. Right, but I mean a, a ship. You know uh so, so the, the cruise lines are already doing that, aren't they Isn't that what happened with the dream? Yeah. Uh, they The ship was there, they got them off quickly, they flew them back. Yeah. What more do they really want? Um, so I think that uh, some of the, some of these are good ideas, but it's going to be hard to implement them.
0: Isn't that just a matter of just making it official though
4: well, it, it does, but take, for example the the proposed bill of rights pertaining to uh, medical treatment. If you read the passenger ticket. The cruise lines have already made it clear that the doctors are not their employees but are independent contractors, and they're not responsible for them, even if they commit malpractice. So you're never going to get the cruise lines to agree to do something that they're not required to do and that they expressly uh, deny any responsibility for.
2: With uh, the cruise ships and cruise lines being registered in other countries, is this going to be hard for them to adopt?
4: Uh, well, we went through a, a number of years, um, where we convinced Congress—I say we, I I'm, I'm, do a lot of work for a nonprofit organization, the International Cruise Victims—where uh, we had the Cruise Vessel Safety and Security Act. Remember that? Passed. Yeah. And that was passed even though uh, Carnival is incorporated in Panama and Royal Caribbean is incorporated in Liberia, and they're all flying foreign flags of convenience. Congress still took steps to pass into law certain legislation Uh, to have some regulation over the cruise line. So I don't think that by itself is going to stop this from being passed. I think what's going to happen is you're going to have another protracted battle over the course of several years uh, where certain sides are fighting against one another to to have uh, no further legislation or oversight over the cruise lines.
0: Do you think it will be a fight for the Cruise Lines International Association and International Maritime Organization to adopt this?
4: I think it will be. I, I think that the the IMO already has all types of uh, proposed recommendations and regulations that should apply. Um, the backup generator was something the IMO had already thought about and the cruise lines are supposed to be requiring uh, to comply with many, many years ago. So. I don't think that you're going to see a lot of interest in having new regulations being adopted by the IMO, at least not these types uh, that are being proposed.
0: Very well. Thank you, Counselor. Okay. Thank you. Maritime Attorney Jim Walker. We appreciate it.
4: All right. Thanks, Matt. Thanks, Doug.
0: All right. That's going to do it. Don't forget we have an app. Free for the iPhone users, only 99 cents for Droid users.
2: Also, don't forget to connect with us online. We have a bunch of buttons on our website for our Instagram, YouTube, Facebook, and Twitter. It's all there at cruiseradio.net. From the Cruise Radio Studios in Jacksonville, Florida, I'm Matt Bassford. And I'm Doug
0: Parker. This is Cruise Radio.
1: Thanks for listening to Cruise Radio. For information on how your company can reach over 100,000 travel enthusiasts a week, email sales at cruiseradio.net. Find Cruise Radio on iTunes, Twitter, Facebook, and LinkedIn. Just search Cruise Radio.
2: I'm your adopter! Mother's Day is almost here, and you can get her the most beautiful, time-tested gift around. A watch she can wear every day for movement. Whether mom's into classic dress watches, rare and refined ceramics, or tried-and-true bestsellers, movement has something she'll love.